my little strangelings. On this podcast, I discuss the world's folklore, myths, legends, and superstitions. I explore what these stories meant to the cultures that shared them, the different uses of lore in our modern day entertainment, and the history of it all. Welcome to Folklore Friday. Folklore. Hello, strangelings. Happy Friday. December, a month of traditions, beliefs, and holidays that span across different belief systems. Children's imaginations are encouraged. Families gather and different religious customs are observed. It is truly a unique time of year. The holidays are a perfect example of how the same holiday can have different traditions around the world. With Christmas having a whole array of mythical beings, the one I want to highlight today is Krampus. In Central European folklore, Krampus is a half goat half-demon who punishes misbehaving children at Christmas time. Some have said that he is the anti-Santa Claus because he is a stark contrast to Santa Claus or St. Nicholas. But according to legend, St. Nicholas and Krampus work together. They have an agreement that St. Nicholas will reward well-behaved children and Krampus will punish the misbehaved. The whole naughty or nice list taking a completely different turn than how Americans are used to hearing the story. Krampus is believed to have originated in Germany, and his name derives from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. On the evening of December 5th, Krampus comes in the dark of night to find naughty children. He sneaks in their home and captures them from their beds. Upon capturing these naughty children, he will either beat them with birch sticks, or if the children were especially wicked, he will snatch them up and stuff them into his sack, which he carries with him off into the night. Depending on the varying degrees of the children's misbehavior, Krampus will either eat the children or deliver them to hell. The thing that I really like about Krampus is you can see these very big differences in culture. So on one hand, you have the general American standard of parenting children, which is positive reinforcement. You reward good behavior. But taking a trip across the pond, the story of Krampus highlights a different type of parenting, which is negative reinforcement, and that's punishing misbehavior. Both types of discipline are ultimately trying to arrive at the same goal, which is teach your children to have good behavior. With showing that there is a possibility of being naughty or nice, you're showing that everyone has the opportunity to be good or be bad, and it's something that we consistently have to work on. By telling these types of stories, we're ultimately trying to reinforce good communities because communities with individuals who are well-behaved function, and if communities functions, then societies thrive. But at the same time, we're also acknowledging that no one is perfect, and we do have to learn to fight against our darker urges. 
which mythical being inspires you to be better? One who pats you on your head when you're good? Or one that carries you off to hell when you are bad? Waffle, Waffy, Waffa, Luftwaffe. Okay, I'm gonna do that again. He writes Gremlin Tales. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, Strangelings, how are you doing? I am super happy to be back. It's been a while, and today I am joined by my husband Chris. Hello, everyone. So to start off, I just wanted to tell a weird story about this dream that I had, and lately I have very weird dreams usually i dream about alternate realities so in the dream a bunch of things happened that would never happen in real life one chris approached me and was quite chipper and said you know i've been thinking about a lot and i really think we should try to have an open marriage i think it would be really beneficial beneficial (laughs) (laughs) and he had this whole (laughs) you had this whole plan and thank god it was one of those dreams where i was aware that because i've been having them so much lately i was completely aware that it, it was not real that it was some simulation because if this was real i just would have woken up and like cried and be like you don't love me on my body and so i was aware and so we had a conversation second thing that would not happen is i was completely on board (laughs) 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 i was completely on board and Chris and I, I must have broken it down pretty well for you then, I, I suppose, in the dream. He had some, he talked about the animals. And that, so Chris and I, were we to, to each their own, but that's not something we, we are completely monogamous. Well, I think you're getting to where this dream, uh, what we figured out where that stemmed from. We wa- had watched a movie, uh, Six Days, Seven Nights, and that's with Harrison Ford. And... Uh, Oh, oh, Anne Hache. Anne Hache, that's right. Harrison Ford, Anne Hache, and they get trapped on a uh, deserted island for a while, and they start to kind of have feelings for each other and that sort of thing. And we got to asking how much time would need to pass <laughs> before we would, in a sense, move on with this if we were with another person stranded on an island with them how long would it be before then we started to you know hook up with that person yeah like what's the appropriate amount of time so we were asking each other if a you were on the island or b you like chris was lost at sea and i how long would i wait and we both <laughs> we both determined two years sort of weirdly <laughs> turned into two years but like one year you're grieving and then the second year you have to like allow yourself and by then we had both sort of figured out that if you're on the island you're kind of like well this is my life now time to move on and Mm -hmm. if you're you know two years and this person's lost at sea you're kind of 
landing on they're dead. Right. Exactly. So it's time to move on <laughs> type not, of situation. Not like I'm counting down two years. That's what we agreed on. We talked about it once. No, it was, it, we seemed like it was like the appropriate amount of time. But then like, because Chris is just always improving in his head, he's just thinking and thinking of how it would go. I was like, yeah. And oh gosh. And how awkward would that be if you came back and you're like, Hey, guess what? I'm alive. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm seeing someone. And then remember what you said. And here are my children Yeah, that (laughs) we made on the island. And then, and then I went, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. I'm done. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to think about this. Um, But I think that's where the dream came from. Uh, And then in the dream, I even said, uh, because I was like, yeah, Sure, that sounds like a great idea. And then Chris went, oh, good, because um, I've actually already started seeing Sammy these past couple weeks, which is a mutual friend of ours. Which is funny because, <laughs> I mean, Sammy is a wonderful person, but that I think we both know that just wouldn't happen. And Yeah, if you're both single, no, you're no, not each we, other's we just type. go different you're just, ways. You're not. Which is fine. But <laughs> the best part of that <laughs> oh, yeah. is that I, I had already been doing the open marriage thing in your mind for two weeks. And then I was right. like, let me propose to it. And you let me propose it to you now. And see if you're OK with yeah. it before I tell you I've been having an affair. Basically. Right. Oh, good. I'm glad you're OK with this affair I've been having for two weeks. Yeah. And then another thing that would never happen is me being completely OK with that. And my response was, well, she does have nice legs. And I'm like, made, yeah, she's a hiker. <laughs> made me sound really shallow. And Chris really shallow. Like, I could see why you'd want to, like, sleep with her. Like, nothing about her personality <laughs> at all. Because she's got like, Because nice. she's got green yeah. legs. Oh, my gosh. It was ridiculous. It was so... It was quite funny. <laughs> so, to get the month started, we wanted to do an episode on Gremlins. There's, of course, the movies, Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2, the new batch. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the following episode is where we do a review on both of those movies. Thank you. But today we are going to talk about the lore of Gremlins. So the Gremlin itself is an utterly mischievous gnome-like sprite, typically represented as not more than uh, about a foot tall, whose origins are in folklore tales that tell of goblins and fairies. Ever since World War II, numerous imagined creatures have been referred to as gremlins. Their reputation to harass an aircraft, cause havoc aboard, and be the ultimate blame after an aircraft is brought down from the skies for whatever malfunctions it might have had. Some early depictions mention that the impish devils had a natural urge to mess up machinery, hence why British pilots credited the breakdown of their aircrafts to the work of gremlins. By 1923, the belief in these otherworldly entities had grown, especially after a British pilot crashed his plane into the sea and blamed the accident to the gremlins. He alleged they sabotaged the craft's engine, mishandled the flight controls, and ultimately caused the crash. 
The story, of course, spread like wildfire among other pilots who also began reporting of being attacked by miniature devils. The stories persisted into the next decade, and in 1938, aviator and writer Pauline Gover would write in a book that Scotland is gremlin country, a mystical realm where gremlins would cause troubles by cutting the wires of aircrafts to be flown by particularly new and inexperienced pilots. At one point, the creatures were even considered to have sympathy for the enemy. But evidence of more stories quickly showed that even an enemy aircraft would sometimes face similar puzzling mechanical problems. Gremlins, apparently, were creatures who acted on their own behalf and interests. The strange occurrences led folklorist John Hazen to state that... The gremlin has been looked on as a new phenomenon, a product of the machine age, the age of air. In reality, gremlins are, we hope, nothing more than the product of imagination or even the hallucinations of pilots flying at high altitude. It was also a handy way to pass over the blame when anything mechanical went wrong. For some experts, this gremlin blaming built up the morale of pilots. Author and historian Marlon Bressy would contemplate on the matter, saying that imaginary gremlins played a crucial part to the airmen of the British Royal Air Force. He writes, gremlin tales helped build morale among pilots, which in turn helped them repel the Luftwaffe invasion during the Battle of Britain during the summer of 1940. All right. So there's a little bit of history on the actual legend of the gremlins. And (laughs) when we first looked it up, Chris, Chris needs improv. If you're new to the podcast, he is an improviser. And like many performers in this horrible year, he's not able to perform. I won't go into more detail because it was really emotional losing the theater for us. But when Chris sees a scene he'll act it out. And so you were talking, you were telling me about this. You were the first one that, that looked at, you were the first one that told me it was an actual thing. I thought it was just the oh, movie. Yeah, that Gremlins came from more than just a movie. Yeah. That you had thought yeah. it was only from that movie, but yeah, that I knew that it came <laughs> from uh, World War II and aircraft that, and that men would think that these gremlins were sort of sabotaging their aircraft. And I didn't know that it was kind of sought, looked at as a form for them to build up morale and it turned out to be a really good thing for them. So that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the folklore queen, me, I still don't know a lot, but I enjoy learning, but it was just one of those rare occurrences where Chris went, you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's reading me all this information and then he's like, well, that makes sense. It'd be easier to say, Oh, it was a gremlin rather than, Oh, that's damn Is Ted. It, oh, it, right then, who did this? Is it Ted? Ted, you know anything about this? Or are the airplanes acting up and, and such? And Ted's like, I, no, I, I didn't know anything about it. I've done nothing wrong. You know what it was? Gremlins. <laughs> Boy, Jove. Oh, look at that. I believe him. Hey, gremlins it was. And it's never, I, I believe Ted. He's an honest guy. 
He wouldn't say it was Gremlins if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was. Let's go with that, fellas. Gremlins then. Yeah. Oh, Gremlins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so lucky. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, I do think that a lot of genesis, I don't know if that's the right word, of folkloric legends can come from situations like that. In my opinion, I'm saying this is my opinion because obviously it can never be proven if certain things exist, but I think that's kind of how the, oh my God, I can't think of it. The Spanish, the goat sucker, help me. Chupacabra. Okay. A, a chupacabra. I think I, I, that's what I think happened when it what? comes to like the chupacabra because these animals kept getting attacked and they thought, I built the best damn fence that ever could be built. And so it must have been something supernatural. <laughs> well, I mean, that's all, all folklore here for us. And that's gremlins too, which is they're trying to explain something they don't understand. It's just unexplainable. Why is this happening? That it must be this, this thing, this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into this thing like gremlins. Like they can't explain why the aircraft was malfunctioning in the certain ways that it does. You know, for some things you're like, oh yeah, that whatever that bolt was loose, maybe, or something like that. But in some cases you just can't find the problem. So you need to find some reason to explain away. Okay, that was insane, which just happened. I really wish I was recording this as in video recording, but the whole purpose of a podcast is to not do... Did you like that noise? That's how I feel about video editing. Um, okay, <laughs> but I wish, listeners, you could see what just happened. I, For the first time, I'm using this mic stand that... I don't know what it's called. I think it's called an arm, but it comes... You know, it hangs towards you. It's not like a stand that you set on a desk. And it fell off of the desk and went towards our dog and Chris caught it and while he caught it he just kept going because that's <laughs> how much of a professional that you are god I wish I could pay you because that was amazing well yeah, I don't know the show never stops and I saw it going out of the corner of my eye so I caught it and then he kept going how many years of improv experience do you have how, how long have you been performing I have been doing improv for uh, about 20 years. Wow. I've been performing theater and stuff like that for around the same time. That's intense. I don't know how long I've been performing. I was a kid. I was like a theater kid, but I didn't go to college until my late 20s. This is for your benefit, listeners. Chris knows this, but I've always loved the theater, but improv is like the Olympics of acting. So now I've never done that, but he's an expert. And this time right now, probably in the past 20 years, is the longest I've ever gone without doing a performance. Performance. F you, COVID. It sucks. I really missed watching him. And we missed the community. It was fun. Ugh, well, you didn't come here to feel down about that. You came to listen about gremlins. But I just had to... Man, that was a sight. I wish you could have seen it. He kept going. <laughs> just kept going. So we were talking about benefits of of folklore. And it, it, sometimes people can cast it aside like, oh, why would I listen to that? Or why would I talk about that? <laughs> or whatnot. Or why are there occult studies? It's because these things have benefits, people. War, I imagine, is incredibly stressful. I've never been a soldier myself, but I can imagine you have 
a ton of other things to be worried about and your engine messing up while you're in flight is the last thing that you want to deal with. And so instead of blaming someone and having tension yeah, between you have soldiers. You sort of camaraderie having it blamed on this outside entity, right? Yeah. It's perfect. It's such a fun, it, it's such a fun thing to do. I can just imagine kind of like how Chris went into it. I can see things like that happening. And so that's one of the awesome benefits of folklore. And it's really fun to kind of see what people come up with. It's not something from long, long ago. It's something that can still have benefits today. Oh, and while we're on the topic, if do you have any folklore in your local communities or in your family, please message me and let me know. You can message me on Instagram, Folklore Friday on Instagram. <laughs> Nobody has that name yet. One day I'll trademark it, but not yet. But yes, let me know if you have any stories that kind of, you know, are similar to that or that you've heard. <sighs> okay. This episode was really fun. I like, I really like the idea behind Gremlins. I think it's fun and we should have more stories like that. For example, I wish I could blame my socks not matching on some kind of sock thief. I'm sure it was gremlins. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I, sorry, like I just remembered. I didn't even like... Maybe that's what's going on. Some people say they drop into some sort of alternate <laughs> dimension. But it, maybe gremlins are taking them there. I, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I remembered once. <laughs> sorry. It was recently. It was like this year. Where I said, you know, Chris, I think I just realized something. If I put my socks together, if I roll them up together when they're dirty and I put them in the hamper, then I probably won't lose them. Right. <laughs> and you looked at me like, yeah, duh. <laughs> that makes some sense right there. I'm like in my early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really glad that you love me. And that <laughs> of course I do. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, my little strangelings. I hope you join us next time. Scare you later.